Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Well, so my recommendation is that anyone attempting to leave the mountain should be shot on sight. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Gatecast episode 120? 131. 131, really? You want to check? I should have tweeted about this first. Anyway, I'll go with your numbers. 131, kindly entitled Prophecy, where I think, would you say Corin goes out on a bit of a bang? He's gone a bit mental. The writing's on the wall. When when you got the script for this one, you went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay. That's weird. SG1 volume 31, D145 underscore Tron. Yes, I noticed that myself. So that is actually the ID on the disc? Yes, well, it is on my disc as well, so... I assume that's what you figured I was reacting to. <laughs> oh, and now the sun is blazing in the window and nicely warming the black long-sleeved arm of my... What do you call a long-sleeved tee without a collar? It's not a rugby shirt. I just call it a shirt. To me, a shirt is something with buttons. So what did you think of the Game of Thrones, considering you've not read the books? Well, basically, I think it would just, you know, kind of tidying up everything from the last season finale. You know, nothing significant really happened. You know, it wasn't overly exciting or dramatic. It was just kind of putting all the pieces back into place. So if you hadn't rewatched it, you get back in sync with it. I suppose what I liked was they didn't have previously on. Yeah, that's not Game of Thrones, is it? If you weren't paying attention, tough shit. Yeah. A lot of people, I know Adriana is now watching the show before she reads the book. Is she right? You don't intend reading them, do you? I have no intention of reading it. Considering, I suppose, do you read fast? If I enjoy the book, I can read fast, but I don't always have the uh, time to sit down and read. I mean, most of the reading I'm doing now is during my dinner break at work. I've discovered a way to catch up. I'm thinking about getting the, uh, what is it, the Oral Codex? I'm sure I've read book one. I'm fairly certain I've read book one of it. Yeah. The only audio Dresden files they've got is 1, 2, 3, 4, and 13. <laughs> Pretty strange. Maybe they'll gradually release it. Maybe a... Uh, I'm sure they've been done. It's possible they haven't. And with the success, they're going back and recording. Distinctly possible. James Masters, isn't it? As I understand, I saw a Twitter comment saying, uh, I love it when James Masters says fuego. <laughs> I'm assuming he's using his own accent for Harry rather than... Well, I hope he's not Spike. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he used the same accent for um, Brainiac as he did for Spike. Pretty close, wasn't it? It was Spike, basically. <laughs> I thought Brainiac's destruction was a little convenient, though. I thought he used powered off electricity. You know, a bit, a bit of a jump there as to how um, Tom Welling managed to kill him with it. I thought it interesting that Tom Welling directed the episode where he... Because I spotted that when I was watching season seven. It was Tom Welling directed the episode that what happened if I never came to Earth... Yeah. And President Lex Luthor and so on. Oh, Andromeda's popped up on Netflix. <laughs> I don't know if I want to watch it. I mean, it was good, and then I got over it, and then I got back into it, and it had gotten really, really weird. Yeah, that last season kind of uh, <laughs> really, really put the pressure on an avid fan to stick with it. I was actually outside going, what the f***? Suddenly, the purple one exchanged positions with herself in the future, and then a uh, genetically engineered guy who'd been loyal for four seasons suddenly turns out to be evil. <laughs> what the hell? And then disappears into some weird pit of despair. I'm kind of like, what the hell is going on? I'm confused. I missed three or four episodes, and suddenly it goes bizarro land. Well, I watched it all, and, and at the end of it, I'm, I was just going, you, you what? <laughs> She's a what? 
where did that come from? It looked like, you know, a whole bunch of different writers came on board and said, oh, stop, you know, all the seasons and plot we've been working on, let's do this. They'd probably just come off Lex. <laughs> they wouldn't let us do this on Lex, but we can do it on Andromeda. Yeah, but on the other hand, the stuff they could do on Lex that they couldn't do on Andromeda. God bless them. Lex was softcore porn sci-fi. At times it was, yeah. Especially the miniseries, which had Grokko power, I mean, come on. Pretty much out-and-out TV movies. They probably had a budget that could get, not an A-lister, but a solid C. The plan was never to go beyond the miniseries. It was just three episodes and that was it. And there was clamouring from fans and it was incredibly popular. So they said, oh, we can make money. Let's do more. Yeah. As you know, the Bremen G thing is my ringtop. I say, you can't knock it. I, I enjoyed the series. Once I was able to get into it, it took a while. First scene I saw from it, yeah, it lasted a couple of minutes. I thought, what the is this? And just turned it off and just went away. I thought Farscape took a lot of inspiration with the semi-organic approach. Yeah. Farscape, one of my favourite sci-fi series, but it took two or three efforts before I sat down and actually started to enjoy it. I'm sure uh, Ben Browder enjoyed that opening scene with Claudia Black. He knocks him to the ground and straddles him. Yeah. Have you listened to the commentary on that yet? Yes. <laughs> they are brilliant together when they do the commentary. Absolutely fantastic. Indeed. I am burning merrily through the Dresden Files books. I've managed to read four in the past week. Oh, excellent. I'm not even reading other voices. And where did you get other voices a week before I did? It shipped the same day. You're further away. What were we on about? The B5. Oh, Echoes of Past Conversations. Yes. Other voices? Yeah, same day. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I didn't pay any extra for postage, just standard. No, so did I stand up, but it took two weeks. So Cafe Press emailed me a survey. So I rate your delivery speed at one <laughs> right. out of five and said it should not take in excess of two weeks to arrive in the States. I'm really not happy with the postage. I'm angling for a voucher, actually. So, how has your dining experience been lately? Uh, waitress! Waitress! Uh, what did he order? Uh, oh, he had a special. Uh, that's what I ordered! I changed my order to the soup! Good move. been like that poor fella, then we'd like to suggest the Sci-Fi Diner podcast for great, tasty, and spicy cuisine. Weekly, we offer up top news, interviews, and have great conversations on what's going on in the world of sci-fi. Make your reservation today at the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast.com. Check, please. Hmm, that's odd. What's that? It's not sorting by date, because the most recent post I see on the Gatecast page is doing the prep work for recording the Changeling. Didn't I write Prophecy? Yeah, it's there now when I click the update. Oh, right. The photograph you have of Alessandro makes him look ridiculously good looking. Well, I suppose he got a screenshot from the SG-1 episode he was in when he had the yellow eyes, but... <laughs> yeah, he looks stupidly handsome. It's almost embarrassing. And he can sing. Not as well as Hugh Jackman, I'd say. Ah, well, he's got a strong theatre background, hasn't he? Which is surprising considering the roles he's taken on. I still say, best cameo ever. Oh, yes. Excuse me, I'm Eric Lentra. Charles Xavier. Go f*** yourself. That movie was good to begin with, but that 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it's in character for him as well. Oh, I added the member. I just happened to be on a one of the page like 14 seconds ago. Blah, asked to be added. I'm like, okay, click. I'm sure he's thinking, holy crap. Well, yeah, well, they're desperate. <laughs> they're just waiting there. Yes, we are. We have our loyal followers, Splatterson mostly. Come try ya! 
Line is cocked. Are you ready? Yeah, let's jump straight into it. Number three, Ivredo, Ivrahane. Ah, or. Previously on Stargate SG-1. Sandra, what are you doing? Yeah, Cassandra, playing chess. Mm-hmm. Even Spock would approve. Yes. Three-dimensional chess without the board. Indeed. Daniel! Tar, which I believe is a sort of slang for human. So essentially it's advanced human hawk tari. Yes. yes, we've missed some eyebrows, Daniel. Indeed. Which explains why Nearty was performing the experiments. Oopsie. Yeah, Jack looks surprised there. <laughs> well, hard to be in all. Mm. Apart from Cassandra, basically this is just in the last couple of episodes. Yes. Yeah, I wonder what's that in the quadri radiation. Oh dear. Those few thousand years on another world have changed you more than you know. I can make you more powerful than you could imagine. Powers you've seen in Wodan and the others. Only a fraction of what I could give you. Oh, that's a nice map painting. Ah, fancy. I must apologize, Colonel. This is a meager feast to offer visitors from another world. And this would be? That's Elroy, played by Thomas Capache. Mm-hmm. He's been in uh, Bones, Castle, Numbers, Sight, and The West Wing. He kind of reminds me of the old guy on that planet with the Sentinel that was being bombarded by the ghouls. Well, they were both old. Mm. But that's interesting, because according to our information, Ball abandoned this planet over 100 years ago when the Naquita mines went dry. The Naquita is scarce and difficult to extract, but there are still deposits. Current doesn't look the best. Well, no. But then again, if you look what Jack was eating, I wouldn't feel uh, too good either. The younger guy looks familiar. I suppose he doesn't get credit. He's an important character in the episode. We continue to offer him tribute through his emissary, Lord Mott. You expecting this guy anytime soon? He will arrive in 12 days at the rising of the full moon. That's not something they do a lot. It's a slow pan across. Perhaps it's something they decided to exploit because they're going into kind of, not the alternate reality, but the different perception offered by Jonas's hallucinations or prophecies. Yes. With each passing year, the mining grows more difficult. Soon it may be impossible to meet Lord Mott's demands. But we have no choice. They are gods, after all. Of course, Elroy here is actually talking about defying the gods, mm-hmm. which is always tricky if you don't have total confidence in the people you're talking in front of. However, Elroy. Yes. Chazan, he feels very uneasy about this. <laughs> However, what? Yeah, he's one of them. Oh, dear. We have an ancient prophecy that one day strangers would come through the Chapa Eye to slay the gods and free our people. Now, you have arrived, and you also carry weapons of great power. Stop talking like an old fool. It would be madness to defy Lord Mott. He's going to stand up, and then he's going to fall over. Yeah, <laughs> just, just don't stand up, Jonas. The food's not that bad. Jonas? I need some air. Oof. <laughs> Jonas? Oh, oh, naked skin. Really? Down there, can't remember well, they actually said in the commentary they had to stop many a time because they were worried about seeing Amanda's G-string. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Prophecy, Season 6, Episode 21, written by Joseph Malozzi and Paul Mully. Uh, the lazy people do hardly any work. They don't, do they? Directed by William Waring. He's directed other episodes before. We've watched episodes where he's directed. I'll take your word for it. Ah, Corin, you're finally getting the credits. <laughs> Just in time to have it removed. <laughs> this episode premiered in the UK, again, February the 19th, 2003. The US, March 14th, 2003. 
Our friends down under got it in October the 2nd of the same year. And the Canadians got it in February the 21st, 2004. More than a year later? Terrible, isn't it? Bloody hell. Nearly a year to the day, though. Yeah, but even so. <laughs> I'm sure the Canadians are going, but they filmed that two years ago. Where is it? Yes, we don't matter. <laughs> it's not as if they're going to complain, are they? They're such nice people. Yes, my possible sojourn up to Toronto has been cancelled. This episode shares its name with Voyager, Smallville, Highlander, Legend of the Seeker, also the film Prophecy, which by coincidence starred Robert Foxworth, who was in last week's episode. Tests seem to indicate that Jonas is in perfect health, but given his history with the quadrant research, I thought it would be prudent to do an MRI. Now, it shows an area of unusual brain activity right about here. Any explanation? No, sir. In fact, I don't even know if this has anything to do with what happened on the planet. I had a dizzy spell. That was probably the food. Maybe, but I don't want to take any chances. I've scheduled a series of follow-up exams. Very well. I have a question. Why the MRI bit? Like, why is an entire corridor away from where sick pay? Nowhere near it, and apparently randomly in the corridor. When the infirmary wasn't intended to be an infirmary, so with limited space, they had to put the equipment where they could. Mm. That's dissolved. Either that or the uh, set design was limited. Well, I would think if it's a military base, it should have an infirmary. Yeah, but level 28 probably wasn't intended for anything like this. He was the uh, Canaanite god of death, according to mythology. He was defeated by Baal and then forced to live in the underworld. Lord Mott. It's not exactly an intimidating name, is it? No. What's the motto with you? It's hard to imagine that Baal would let any of his subordinates actually try to run a sting on him. He may well be planning to move against him. Sir, if we're right about this and Baal no longer has any knowledge of what's happening on the planet, it's possible we could free these people. We got a tweet, although it's not a bit we've reached yet. Track News and Views said, Well, Neil says, you can see the future. What's for lunch? Mm, not exactly. I think they were afraid to come out and ask directly, but they did hint that they no longer believe the gold or gods. What do you think, Colonel? I think we're going to need a lot more intel. Subtitles aren't even accurate. They're on, <laughs> I can't turn them off. All right. But they're not accurate. What has he been doodling? No, that's what he's been doodling. Uh-huh. Jonas, you naughty boy. According to LRI, Mott isn't due to return for another 12 days. That gives us plenty of time. I'll contact the Pentagon. Oi, Pentagon, no. Ooh. Yeah, dear. Deja vu. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know why you should be surprised. He probably left it there anyway. Oops. Hey. You want to get some lunch? It's Mexican today. Offhand, I'd have to look at the dates. Which Matrix movie was it where they had the black cat? It was the first one. Was it the first one? Yeah, it was the first one. It was the same cat. Was it the same cat? Yeah, of course it was, wasn't it? It's where your man betrays them and... Yeah. Morpheus gives himself up. A really good state. Mm. Pantolino. Of course, he then becomes a really good state. You came in and said what you said. When you think you're reliving a moment, it's called deja vu. It's normal. It's said to be caused by a split-second delay in sense perception. This was different. It was the same on the planet. I saw something and then it happened. When? Just before I passed out. I didn't say anything because I didn't think anything of it at the time, but now it's happened twice. Yes, because let's face it, after the next episode, he's permanently going off active duty. 
my, what a big envelope you've got, Janet. Incredibly white. It's actually whiter than her coat. you got to wonder, the way she's holding it, did she accidentally stain costume? <laughs> it's kind of covering up. Yeah. You know, she spilled lunch and she's sort of going, oh, crap, what do I do? Costume's going to be so mad. I know the symptoms appear to be similar to what happened to those scientists on Kelowna, but there are no indications of schizophrenia. There is, however, a small spot on this MRI that has me worried. You know what it is? I'm not sure, but it could be a tumor. Is this what caused him to pass out? It's possible. Sir, I think it would be best if you took Jonas off of active duty. <laughs> Let's not jump to sort of wildly dangerous conclusions. Frazier's just covering all the bases. Uh, something else has to be going on here. Whatever she saw in that MRI, it has to have something to do with these visions I'm having. I mean, it can't be just coincidence. What, you guys didn't believe me when I was seeing those alien creatures? They turned out to be real. Ah, poor Jonas. Yes. We never knew we liked them until he left. <laughs> People spent the first ten episodes complaining vociferously about them, the next ten getting used to them, and then the last two sort of going, no, it's a good point. It is really, isn't it? <laughs> I might leave the subtitles on. It actually enables me to catch up without being distracted by the audio. I can see what's happening. It's like an on-screen transcript. We have encountered many strange phenomena, Jonas Quinn, but... We have yet to meet anyone that can see the future. It goes against all the laws of physics as we understand them. Theo, master of understatement. How many times, though, this season have they not believed Jonas? Yeah. Oh, don't contradict yourself, Amanda. Defies all the laws of physics. Have you had more? I mean, seriously. Talk her coming. Here we go. <laughs> really pleased Jack was. They didn't have the budget to actually shoot the vision thing. Unscheduled lawful activation. It's like not showing the coach, just playing the noise. No, not this time. <laughs> My name is Cena. And we're back in the briefing room. Yes. Everybody's favourite place to shoot. Is that from the commentary? Basically, every commentary says, well, how did you shoot the briefing room? <laughs> the same way everybody else does. A new Tokra. And they keep going through them, don't they? No continuity in the Tokra. They're like cockroaches. You think you've squashed them all. They keep popping up. <laughs> Please. And she sits in Jack's seat. <laughs> Jack doesn't look happy about that. No. You're in my chair. He spent years getting that seat just the way he likes it. <laughs> Baal has suffered a recent military defeat at the hands of Lord Yu. Anubis is said to be very disappointed. It's hard to believe that Yu hasn't been destroyed yet. Given that he is the only system lord still in opposition to Anubis, his persistence is remarkable. You go, you. Cena is played by Joanna Newmarch. She was in Collector, Dead Zone. So supernatural in Smallville, and be honest, she looks a damn sight better in real life than she does as a Tokra. She doesn't look great, does she? Well, the promotional picture on IMDb is stunning, and I'm thinking, who the hell was she in the episode? If I understand you correctly, yes. That would be a fair assessment. <laughs> Clearly, Ball is in a vulnerable position. This may be an ideal time for Mott to move against him. <laughs> Tactical genius tilt. Thank you. According to the subtitles, Mott is M.O.T., not two T's, as you might think. And just the one T. Yes. Ooh, Jess, what are you doing? She nodded. Mm. Uh, poor Jones. Another headache? Yep, so that's inaccurate again. <laughs> yeah. Jonas, none of us had ever met that toker before. There's no way you could have known her name. I can't explain it. I saw her in the briefing room. General Hammond said her name, and then a few minutes later it happened. Tuke said that you've never encountered aliens with precognitive abilities, right? Yeah, we haven't. 
but we have come across other uh, psychic powers. On P3X367. Wodan was telekinetic. Uh, Egger was telepathic. Then there was Cassandra. You think Nirti has something to do with this? It's very possible. She had me in that gene splicing machine for over an hour. What if she did something? To it's perfectly reasonable. Mm. And considering the SUC have been through, they should be accepting that this is a possibility. Mm. You don't really want to see anything like that in this kind of a brain. You don't want to see the yellow thing, no. No, <laughs> it's not good. Once again, the shadow of Nequadria exposure, you know, has uh, caused him to go batty. But they used that excuse in a couple of episodes ago, and it didn't work then either. Yes. What can we do? I recommend immediate surgery. If we don't get it out of him soon, the intracranial pressure is going to kill him. He looks fairly well buried in his brain. How much would you damage in the way? It's made up of nerdy cells. Gasp. I've called in a neurosurgeon. Her name is Dr. Sandy Van Densen. She's the best there is. <laughs> I'm sorry. World-renowned brain surgeon called Sandy. Sandy. Well, you can't help what you're called. What about, True, you can't. But... What about my friend Mary and her daughter? Do I really want to know? Jezebel. <laughs> She's 16. And does she live up to the name? She goes by Jez. At 16? What is wrong with you? At 16? Come on. <laughs> okay, I suppose she was 14 when I met her first. Hmm. Jonas thinks the new tissue in his brain is somehow giving him precognitive abilities. Well, for all I know, you may be right. But that doesn't change the fact that if this tumour continues to grow at its current rate, it is still going to kill you. It may stabilise. Nearty never did anything to anyone that didn't turn out badly. That's quite right, Jack. Yes, Jack. Come on, Jack. Jonas is willing to, you know, roll the dice on this. You might as well go with it. Imagine if we could know in advance when and where the next gold attack would come from. You have yet to provide such valuable information. <laughs> Tilt putting the boot in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least 48 hours. Make it 24 and you'll remain on base for observation. What about the mission? I'm not sure you have more time, Jones. Colonel, I want you to take the rest of SG-1 and SG-15 back to the planet for a full tactical assessment. If there's a real chance we can free these people from the ghoul, I want to know about it. Yes, sir. I'm missing Jonas. Can I have SG-14 and 12 as well? Yeah. <laughs> it'll take that many to replace him. Super Jonas. Yes. Well, actually, it'll only take one to replace him. Without Jonas, who will the hot alien babes uh, actually be drawn to? Jack. No, Jack is getting past being drawn to hot alien babes. Jack O'Neill, this week, will be played by William Shatner. <laughs> Even limited precognitive abilities would be invaluable to our work. Hmm. You still think you have to keep proving yourself, don't you? Never mind hot alien babes. I think Janice is a little attracted to Janice. You know, you might want to consider the possibility that you're valuable enough already. Let's run another EEG. Yes, Doctor. And we haven't seen Karen Van Blinkenstein as the nurse for a while. If he'd been given an EEG, his head would be shaved. Oh, there we go again. This was called the Prophecy Lens, even though most of the work was done in post-production. Looks a bit freaky. Uh, the eyes are all black. Maybe he's a red car vampire. They filmed the close-up of his eyes at 150 frames per second to get in the nice, smooth, slow motion. Did he do what Pat Talman did and basically said, yeah, okay, can we shove these garbage can-sized lids in your eyes? <laughs> You have to scrub the mission. Why? Major Carter gets hurt. I saw it. 
Should a general really address his subordinate like that? What the hell's going on? Major Carter was being rushed to the infirmary with what appeared to be a staff blast wound. It's not, is it? No. According to the villagers, we will not encounter any Jafar for many days. You know, maybe they're wrong, or, or maybe they lied. We can't know for sure. Well, that's just it, Jonas. There's no way we can know. Maybe it's not even supposed to happen on this mission. It could be weeks from now. I don't think I can see that far ahead. The point is, we can't start second-guessing every decision. It's a calculated risk every time we step through that gate. I agree, Major. However, until we have a better understanding of what's going on, I'd prefer to err on the side of caution. Was anybody else hurt on this thing? Jack! <laughs> we'll leave everybody at home. Me and Tilk are going to be all right, are we? Yes? Okay. Yeah, right, can I get another SG team? Yeah, there's only two of us left now. <laughs> You're gradually stripping my team away from me. William, the director, was saying uh, shooting the scene a bit tricky with the glass and the reflections and all the lights. Had to make sure he couldn't obviously see the camera in the reflection either, but did get the reflection of the general. His lighting tech, Rich Dean, pointed out, you know, it'd be so much easier if they just took the glass out. What, and put the glass in in post? <laughs> that probably cost an awful lot of money. They did it before. As I said, Lord Mott will not arrive for many days. The map painting with steam. All right, stay sharp. O'Neill out. Have you decided to help us? They made the conscious decision to open up the tent and put in some background foliage. The background is literally a white bedspread and some trees being blown by fans just to open the scene up instead of being inside a black tent. One of the side effects of having a, a lighting technician on the commentary was that he gives you all the information on the lights being used. 36 5,000 watch sky pan lights to light this scene. Just shooting on a set. Hmm. But he would not listen. Oh, he took ten of the sickest, including my daughter's husband, and executed them in front of the whole village. It is a badass, at least. Well, he's a system. No, he's not a system lord. He's a wannabe system lord. I was going to say duke, or, you know, <laughs> captain or something. I was trying to think of an appropriate... Nah, this is a real location shot. I said they were fortunate because it was a, a nice misty day, so the colouring worked out quite well. Has he got a little black ball? That looks great. Must be the version 2. Yeah, no special effects used. <laughs> Does it respond to telepathy or something? Well, when you hold it, you activate any kind of swirls, doesn't it? Mm. Precognition. Is it an actual book or is it just something they invented? I own a prop book from Going Postal. The prop book. If you got a close-up, you'd say it was written by the director, William Waring. I could barely move a second ago. Keep watching. Just keep. <laughs> oh dear. Poor Siler. What happened? Ah, we were doing an overhaul of the gate generator. There was a power spike. The capacitor blew. Anything else hurt? Major Carter. Oopsie. Ah, Jonas. That's the problem with recognition. If she'd gone the mission, she mightn't have been hurt. Yeah, that's a problem, isn't it? <laughs> Respirations are shallow. Pulse is weak. Sam, can you hear me? Sam? I've lost the pulse. She's in B-fib. You can see... Oh, and you didn't actually see Janet hit Sam. I heard the thump. You heard the thump, but the orderly walked right in the middle of it. That wouldn't work. But it did work. But it wouldn't bloody work. 
But it did work. It wouldn't work through a fucking t-shirt. That's why you have conductive gel on the blasted things. See, she's all right. CPR fails 98.3% of the time. <laughs> Turn the lights on, people, please. This isn't CSI Colorado. Thanks. Hey. How are you feeling? Slightly overcooked. Janet says I'll be fine. <laughs> Apologising for Jonas. That's what she's asked. She could have tripped and broke a leg. If I had just kept my mouth shut, you would have gone on the mission. None of this would have happened. Jonas. I envisioned it exactly the way it happened, but I didn't understand it. I misinterpreted the vision. I won't make that same mistake again. Don't do this to yourself. I've been thinking about this a lot. Yes, Jonas. You're not quite up to Oracle status where you can interpret your own visions, give the necessary... No, that's his niche. <laughs> Maybe predicting the future is just an extension of that ability. It doesn't work that way. According to Newtonian physics, yes. If you could know the position and velocity of every particle in the universe at any given moment, you could accurately predict all of their interactions for the rest of time. So then the, the future is predetermined. It's just a matter of having enough information to figure it out. Yes, but quantum mechanics blows that out of the water. According to the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, it is impossible to look at a subatomic particle and know both where it is and where it's going at the same time. The more accurately you fix its position, the more uncertain you make its velocity and vice versa. Maybe we should start contacting people. They made a point of indicating Jonas's bags under his eyes were getting bigger throughout the episode as he got less and less sleep. Is that makeup or did they just keep him up? Well, they mentioned Jan Newman, the makeup artist who does Jonas. So I'm pretty sure they didn't keep him awake for <laughs> eight or nine days of shooting. She does Jonas? Well, she puts makeup on him. Everything else is a uh, speculation. Jiggity. Okay, I've left quite my mode. <laughs> this episode feels long. It's only 22 minutes in. Feels like I've been watching it for ages. Where does he land? Here. How many Jafar? Eight, maybe ten. Clearly, he's not anticipating resistance. Colonel, we can do this. There's plenty of cover here and here. They'd never know what hit him. All right, we'll do a sweep of the area tomorrow. I will show you. Old fool. Jason. These outsiders have led you astray, but I've taken care of them. The director actually said, you know, where did that red light come from? <laughs> it wasn't really intended as such. It was supposed to be kind of an orangey fire glow, but it came out like red spotlights. It doesn't help. It's bouncing off the bonds of LRI. <laughs> oh, nice. Evil. Evil. You silly boy. Oh, stone grenade. Ah, he doesn't look good there, does he? No, there's blood coming out of his nose. And <laughs> should be coming out of his ears as well. This is Fraser. I need a medical team to level 18L7. This is embarrassing, guys. You've been captured by Lord Mott. You know, every time I wake up in a ghoul cell, I can't help the thought that something bad is going to happen. And a weird spot. 2,000-watt xenon light. Hmm. You are the Tauri of Stargate Command. And you are Lord Mott. Come to punish us for our insolence, etc., yada, et al. No! Yes, Jack, this is just a time to be full of sarcasm. Yes. Well, Mr. Mott, we're on to you. We know what you've got planned, and we've informed the Tok'ra. If we don't report back on schedule, they're going to rat you out. They're going to tell your boss. They'll snitch on you. You intend to send a warning to Bob. That is correct. <laughs> I think that's what I said, isn't it? I said that. I think this is unlikely. You would not be here if you did not wish to protect the people of this planet. 
If Baal discovers the mines are still active, he will return. There will be no message. Baal is in the service of Anubis. If you kill him, you will have to answer for it. You may be of some assistance in that regard. Uh, Lord Mock, played by Victor Talmash. He's been in Enterprise, Medium, a bit further back, Quantum Leap and The Equalizer. No offence to him, but I think they picked him because he's not supposed to look intimidating. Yes. <laughs> he looks like an accountant. Perhaps that's what he did for Ball, who knows? You will tell me the code, and I will use it to destroy Stargate Command. Anubis will congratulate me on my initiative. No, he won't. He'll just kill you. <laughs> you clearly don't know Anubis. He's batshit crazy. I think SG-1 at times get very complacent. I mean, Tilt looks uber confident that he's going to get out of here. Mm. Cannot let their treachery go unpunished. They had nothing to do with this. My spy tells me otherwise. Why is it always that? It's in one village, entire planet, and there's one village. I mean, because this planet was occupied and slaves were brought in to actually mine this one particular area. You know, the village is literally all that's left. Mm. Very well then. I'll leave you to think about it. Nasty piece of work. Can a village that small be self-sustaining? You think you'd at least stand in the spotlight? Yeah. <laughs> you know, where's your sense of dramatic irony, Mott? Yeah, and a proper disco ball. And he hasn't been operated on because Sarah's still there. What am I doing here? You had a seizure. We can't wait any longer, Jonas. If this tumour gets much bigger, we may not be able to remove it safely. As opposed to digging through half your brain to get to it, what? which is, of course, clearly safe. Yes, brain surgery. <laughs> sir, I'm receiving an IDC. It's SG-15. Open the eyes. Yes, sir. Ooh, nice. The reflection of the gate was a practical effect. Literally just put a mirror. SG-15, this is Hammond. Come in. Repeat, this is General Hammond. Please respond. General down. General down. Now, if you had a ram, that went the other way. Oh, poor Sonny just stood up and got shot. Yeah. Walter! Walter's dead. Now, if, if you wonder why some people get hit and explode and other people just fall down dead, hmm? the one that explodes are the stuntmen, and the one that fall down dead are the extras. <laughs> oh, that's got lots of wires and fiber optic cable things. He got hit a lot. It's like overkill, wasn't it? I wonder if that counts as a speaking role, because he went, ah. Oh. That's not good at all. I mean, I always thought the point defence of the SGC gate room was weak, but this pretty much proves it. Now, all you've done now is actually <laughs> sealed the bomb in. Boom. I need to talk to General Hammond. Now! I've never seen Jonas. He's not smiling. By the time he closed the iris, it was too late. They set off some kind of bomb that destroyed the entire gate room, maybe even the whole mountain. They put the sides up on the bed. They're worried about him falling out. <laughs> They're strapping him down. Sir, we have to warn them. Yeah, but maybe sending a message is what causes this to happen. Like when you tried to warn Major Carter about her injury. Yeah. Jonas, we've been over this. 
the future isn't predetermined. Now, in the absence of any other information, the best we can do is follow normal procedure. Yeah, but if I didn't have this vision, we wouldn't be having this conversation. We're already beyond normal procedure. What do you suggest? We need more information. We need to know how the Jaffa get the iris code. Now, maybe I can find that out. I thought you said you couldn't control the visions. I haven't been trying hard enough. No. Jonas, if we don't get you into surgery right now, you could die. You go round in circles if you start thinking like that, though. Just a oh, dear. Try harder, then. Slacker. No, no, no. I have to survive for at least another episode. <laughs> I can hang on. <laughs> Excuse me, miss. How about sending a little of that our word? Uh, this is Natanya, played by Sarah Edmondson, Canadian actress. Has been in Fringe and Psych and Andromeda, and also a show called Geronimo Stilton. You get the impression somebody in post was banging pots and pans there. <laughs> Fast acting, too. You think Junior would be able to take care of any poison? Or is this a convenient plot device? I think it's just pretty convenient. Chazen has the rest of your belongings. I dared not take more. Where's your father? He's being held in the village. Lord Mott intends to make an example of him. All right, we can help him. But we have to get to the gate to get some reinforcements here. I understand. How do we get out? This way. <laughs> Run towards the light. The light. The light's behind you. <laughs> Where's the light? Psst. Ow. <laughs> you think that'll help? It works for Teal. It always helps Teal. There aren't enough candles. Yes, he'd have another 30 or 40 at least. He'd also deactivate the smoke alarm in his room. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, some of the oxygen tanks in the background. Yeah. No naked flames. <laughs> no naked Daniel either. There we go. And that's with a little gladiator homage. Does it actually post-date? No, because they actually mention... Well, it must do, yeah, it comes after gladiator. Hmm, I like that shot. Just the gate panning across it. Hmm. need a bit more effect and not so much sweat a little drop of blood out his nose mm. now why doesn't he keep that on his wrist we're good to go you'd think he'd strap it to his wrist straight away they don't often get surprised do they look at these guys they're reasonably accurate shooting as well yeah he's a good Jafar this Mott has his training down pat it's never a good idea to run into the open. Now, in the background, you can see his little golf ball on the back, which is a little explosive. Mm-hmm. And as the director said, that should have really been painted out in post. Yes. You've had it, Jack. He's going out fighting, though. Oh, okay. He doesn't look good. A little disagreement on the commentary saying what happened to that shot, it was bad. It went up another 40 or 50 feet. Mm. Oh, there we go. Uh, yeah. Jonas? I need to just control him. What? Jonas, I need some help in here! Get him on the bed. Oh. We've got to get him into surgery. Grab the gurney. Easy. Jonas? 
Jonas, can you hear me? That's almost stuck footage at this point. <laughs> oh, come on, it is. Oh, look, footage of trees. It's intrude. <laughs> I'm shocked, trees. And that is actually the same location where Chazan used the communication device. This path will take you to the Chapai. Colonel, I fear Mott will execute my father. There is not much time. Just stay out of sight until we get back. The same tree. It looks totally different. It's shot on a different day, different position. Yes, things like the fourth day of the Yeah, you've always got to have this shot whenever anybody's taken to the operating room. What happened? We can't wait any longer. Sam. Sam. <laughs> Sam. Sam, I love you. <laughs> I saw it. I know what's going to happen. Sir, they're walking into an ambush. According to Jonas, the Jaffa will be waiting for them at the gate. We have to warn them. That'll be for us, 237. Yes, sir. Sam's in the Well, yeah, because she hurt herself in the explosion, didn't she? She earthed herself. Hurt herself. Oh, I thought you said earthed. Earthed herself. <laughs> Well, perhaps that was it. She was acting as the earth and it kind of went wrong. <laughs> Don't touch that. It's all right. <laughs> Why isn't this head shaved? It's okay. It's okay, Charles. It's going It's okay. Get the lorazepam. Then you put that on cakes. That's right, <laughs> Put it on cakes for uh, psychotic mental patients. Yeah, it's the only problem when your team's been captured and you're trying to get in touch with them. Mm. Would a proper military radio actually work with that? Oh, being punched in? You'd have thought so, something. You don't want to broadcast in the clear, just in case. I would have thought. Jones believes there may be a Japan presence awaiting your arrival at the Stargate. Exercise extreme caution when approaching the gate. I repeat, exercise extreme caution when approaching the gate. Jonas believes you may be walking into an ambush. Do you copy? Send here. Check on the prisoners. Yes, sir. Colonel O'Neill, do you copy? Major Pierce, do you read me? It could be out of range, sir. Or maybe they received the message, but they can't respond. What about the mail? Not receiving anything, sir. Sir, SG-3 is prepped and ready to go. I just can't risk it, Major. I could be sending them into an ambush. We're just going to have to hope when O'Neill gets the message. We have a tweet. Another one? Yes. Two in one episode. And neither of them from Spireson. Enjoying the show, lads. I wish Karen Nemec's character should have had another season to expand on, but we all know who comes back. Who's that from then? Tell us. We want to know. Oh, sorry. I didn't say. Michael Wallace. Bad Wolf 19. Ah. Not a Doctor Who fan at all. <laughs> yeah, they made a mistake there. They touched the rock and it moved, <laughs> which polystyrene rocks tend to do. Yes. There's some nice little planning shots in this episode. That's shot in slow motion, isn't it? Here it's... I'll go say, Till, come on, you've got to look first before you're firing. Well ducked. It was wanted. Who gave the order to sound the alarm? I did. The prisoners have escaped. Idiot. I allowed that foolish girl to help them. My Jafar are waiting at the gate. Oh, I could not have known. You, you must forgive me. Oh, he's not a happy chappy. Oh, he's got one of those. Oh, you've displeased your god. Oh, no. <laughs> 
He deserves it. Good girl. <laughs> uh, the actress was very nervous when she was going to shoot that. Subtitle just popped up the word thud in brackets. <laughs> Bless him. There it is. It looks like an astrocytoma. Isn't that unusual? Given that the tissue isn't malignant, yes. We didn't see any evidence of it on the MRI. This must be a recent formation. You've got reticular infiltrates. This could get a little tricky. We don't see much of Dr. Sandy's face, but she's played by Karen Conoval. Hey, she has lines. She should be happy. Yeah, she was in an episode of Stargate Atlantis as well. Also in Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Fringe, 2012, Psych. Obviously, you've got reticular infiltrates, you know? I mean, otherwise he wouldn't be getting visions, would he? I need more suction. We always need more suction. Yes, sucking is good. I don't see it. Blood pressure's 80 on 60. Heart rate's 160. We've got to find the bleeder. He's pre-arrest. Withdraw the APB, then. Pardon me, what? She said he's pre-arrest, so I said withdraw the APB. It was a good one. Pressure 60 on 40. Doctor, we're losing him. Hold on. I see it. Retract this flap. I think this was the case. Karen joins the cast when they have an intense medical scene. Mm-hmm. So they kill two birds with one stone and have a, an actress that appears in front of the camera and also acts as a tech advisor. Why? Is she a qualified doc? Yeah, qualified nurse. She's been the tech advisor for the show since the year dot. She also worked on the first pilot episode of House. Which we're in the final season of. Let's get this thing out of him. Oh, they're prepared. <laughs> A little bit of camera magic. All these men in the gate room also featured outside the hall at the same time. Aren't you wearing your headset? Yeah, I rubbed my eye again. I'm not used to the fixed mic, OK? My hand hasn't <laughs> been reprogrammed. I'll let people know I have not been fixed. <laughs> no, I'm still capable of having kids. Assuming the checkbox I had at 17 didn't result in sterility. Still no signal, sir. Sir, I'm receiving an IDC. It's SG-15. SG-15, this is Hammond. Come in. Yes, if you don't touch me, I'll just talk louder. So it's the American approach to foreign respect. And the English approach. Yes, but I'm not going to insult the race of my co-host and editor. At least not on air, anyway. Sir, if we don't open the iris and it really is Colonel O'Neill Teal from SG-15, then... The second they step through that puddle, they'll be killed. I'm aware of that. Open the air. Roll the dice on him, open the gate, and let him through, regardless of what the prophecy says. Yes. Why didn't you load the blast door, General? Looks like your man that played Lieutenant, not really a human. Colonel, it's good to see you. General, request permission to return to the planet with SGs 3 and 10. We have some unfinished business. Permission granted. Oh, and Dion. Yeah. Why not just take everybody? Why not take those guys there? 200 guys in the room. Why don't we just take them? Expecting someone else, sir? We'll explain later. <laughs> what happened while I was away, General? <laughs> As Kinsey paid a visit. Oh, what a lovely hat. And they put the full head bandage on. You can still see the hair under it. I can see the shape of his hair. Hey! I thought you were supposed to be resting that brain. Uh. How you doing? 
a little sick of staring at these walls all the time, but other than that, I'm fine. Dr. Frazier thinks I got it all out. I read the post-op analysis. It said the tumor was similar to ordinary human brain tissue, but that the neurons were five times more densely packed. Well, Nia, she definitely had to have something to do with this. I mean, this kind of thing just doesn't happen naturally. Are you still having visions, Jonas Gwynn? Mm-hmm. Not since the surgery, no. So, no lottery numbers? Afraid not. No trip to Vegas, just you and me? <laughs> Odd little jet. You'll have to come to work tomorrow. Ah, so how's it going on 237? They are planning a large celebration in our honor. They want to thank us for helping them get rid of Mott. We're bringing the food this time. Helping get rid of Mott? Excuse me, the girls shot Mott. They helped. Yeah, they're probably convenient targets for his Jafar. Yeah, so they pulled away all his men, so they were free to shoot him. If he hadn't been so busy malicious, what he should have done, you see, was use the hand device's telekinetic effect. Yeah. Is he feeling all right? I knew he'd warm up to you eventually. <laughs> he'd warm up to you eventually. It's a bit bloody late, isn't it? <laughs> we changed the way things played out which would seem to indicate that the future isn't predetermined. But by doing so, we fulfilled an ancient prophecy. A thousand years ago, someone in that village predicted that this would happen. Now, how do you explain that? Maybe it was just a lucky guess. Yeah. You just know the writer thought, oh, this will be good. That's <laughs> <laughs> just cruel. It is a bit, isn't it? I know Corin probably made a nice chunk of change out of being on this season, but it's a hard life being an actor at times. You can just walk in, get the script, and then think, well, that's it, I'm done. And we're done. This was actually the last episode they were filming for this season. So as the final scenes caught, you were a few people there. The director was annoyed because he put his customary pineapple on the bedside table next to Jonas then realised he hadn't shot it. <laughs> that was Prophecy. To be honest, not my favourite episode. Dragged a bit. Um, it's not Corin's fault. No, it isn't. It's Joseph. It's all Joseph, because I can't remember the other guy's name. Oh, Joe. <laughs> Joe and Paul. Mm-hmm. I suppose, though, it depends how long in advance they knew that Jonas was leaving and they had to come up with something. They're never quite sure if they're going to get a new season. The joke now, one year they were pretty confident they would be coming back was when they got cancelled. Ten years is a good run. Oh, yes, it is. It is, yeah. One thing they did mention, they really actually wanted the final line for Amanda to say, shit happens. So if I let They probably wouldn't let themselves, because it just wouldn't happen, would it? It fits the situation perfectly, but that just wouldn't happen. Well, you look at the Almighty Johnsons, there's a lot of swearing and drug use. and Yeah, that's not exactly a family-friendly show, though, is it? No. Not meant to be. Indeed not. Okay, that were Prophecy. Next week's episode, I didn't open the transcript once, so I might use that player again. That subtitle is really helpful. Next week's episode is entitled Full Circle. Daniel Jackson appears to O'Neill and alerts him that Anubis has located the Eye of Ra, a fabled object of power hidden somewhere in Abydos. Daniel's help, SG-1 find the Eye first, but determined to have its power, Anubis threatens to destroy Abydos unless Daniel and SG-1 give him the Eye. <laughs> Not a single exclamation mark, I'm disappointed. They didn't give him the Eye, Jonas gave him the finger. <laughs> Yes, and there's a little of Daniel holding the Eye of Ra. So Daniel's back next week, yay! Just say the word. Open the iris. Okay, do we have any feedbacky things? No email. We have got some Facebook feedback. Mostly on the birthdays. Well, we've got some feedback for the episode Memento. Oh, so we do. We have four comments. Bradley Mull posted, I really like this episode, rediscovering the Stargate again on another world. Great. And Jeff Wesley replied, yes, I thought it was a good episode too. Really did the same thing most episodes do, but in a different way. 
The highlight is the raising of the gate, a direct homage to the movie. But if anything, actually done better in the episode. The scene is beautifully shot. And Bradley replied, that's what I meant. They went back to the movie and it was great. No comments, but kudos to you for finding the uh, anti-dandruff shampoo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God knows, Amanda could have done with some this episode. Other than that, there's brief comment. Picture up an F-302 and a death glider. And Thomas Schott said, the F-302 is also somewhat defined and has solid lines. Also has more weapons than just two big staff weapons. Lol. I replied, we see it in action in the season 7 premiere. We see both of them? Yes, we do. A bit earlier, we are recording the season wrap-up show now with our guest Colin from the Star Trek podcast, Trek News mm-hmm. and Views. Poll results will be included and the finished product should be released in a month or so. Open call for guests on any other season 7 episodes of SG-1. Plenty of warning, time to arrange a date or time. Bradley replied, can't wait guys, love the show. I replied, all done. 1.6 gig of audio for 16 minutes of chat edited down to something more manageable in the near future. 16 minutes? 162 minutes that should be. Oh well, never mind. And a big thanks to Colin for joining us for the Changeling episode. Thomas shot. Good episode. Yeah, it doesn't have much action, so it does seem slow, but I do like how Christopher get to be himself more than the good old stoic tilk we always see. Good seeing Daniel back in the episode also. Can't wait till he's back in the series. I always like him more than Jonas. David Hewlett's birthday, last week, at 18th of April. Jane Lazarova posted, he's the best. I replied, yep, I think he has to take the crown of my favourite character from Atlantis and a close call for the whole franchise. Kevin replied, after Sam, of course, question mark. Nope, love Sam, and she had her moments, but over ten years on SG-1 and a year on SGA, she wasn't why I had to tune into the show. Perhaps there was something to having so few female writers-producers. I posted a picture of Julia Benson from Stargate Universe and Emily Lura. Oh, solid. <laughs> I know how to pronounce this, I just can't <laughs> do it. Rather. Ashley in Sanctuary. Ashley in Sanctuary, promoting their new movie, Death Doopers Part in Vancouver. Lee Montgomery, she sure is a big gal, Julia. And Miles McLaughlin. Now, there's two beautiful ladies. You also have a photo of Jewel State in the LA complex, to which Bradley Mull replied, awesome, best look yet. Lee Montgomery said, nice. Kevin Webb said, meet here in July too, exclamation mark. Bradley Mull said, jealous. Kevin Webb said, we're having a photo taken with her. Bradley Mull said, awesome, wish they had cons in Australia. Kevin, I'm being very careful, it is Kevin, has a link to LondonFilmAndComicCon.com and check it out if you're in the UK. Come try Next time on Stargate SG-1. Anubis is on his way. He's after the Eye of Ra. An ancient relic with the power to destroy. Any idea where this eye thing is? The hunt is on. What if it's not here? Maybe there's a secret compartment. The enemy is closing in. Surrender or die. I was just going to say the exact same thing. Can a friend from the past save the future? You turn the eye over. You go free. You made a deal with Anubis? Or will an evil force unleash his terror? Richard Dean Anderson stars. Stop me if you can. Next time on Stargate SG-1. The Gatecast website can be found at gatecast.facecast.com and has its own feedback and contact form. Links to episodes not on the current RSS feed can be found there as well. Our Facebook and Google Plus groups are listed under The Gatecast, and our Twitter feed goes by The Gatecast, which is one word. We are also listed on the Blueberry service as The Gatecast, one word, and Cast Roller as The Gatecast. It can also be found on iTunes, and that's one portal where any comments and reviews would be most welcome. Finally, our email address is gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. 
and even with today's social media network deluge, it's still the most basic and reliable method of contacting us. If you want to be a bit more adventurous than recording an audio file, MP3 preferable, but it doesn't really matter, and email it to us. It's a great way to interact with us and the rest of the listeners. It also helps when we hear how to pronounce somebody's name. So feel free to send us feedback and any other type of comment about the Stargate franchise, or our own small part of this fandom. Links and pictures are all part of the love of SG-1, SGA and Universe. Retweets, shares and plus ones are always appreciated. One universe, one people, the journey never ends. Stargate forever. That's my message, folks. Thanks for downloading, thanks for listening. As always, any and all feedback is appreciative, be it positive, negative or just plain weird. Yes, that was Prophecy. Join us next week for Full Circle. Take care in the meantime, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Ta-ra. I'm not going to say the C-word there. Ta-ra, Chuck. <laughs> well interpreted for not saying the other C-word. <laughs> You've been listening to Gatecast, presented by Alan, Mike and Scott. Visit us at gatecast.facecast.com. Gatecast.facecast.com